Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm standing in front of Emma, talking to her like this, and she's, you know, she's in front of me, her back against the mirror. She goes, John, Angelica's being, Angelica's being mean, and he goes, and I know she's being, you know, she's not being for real, for real, she's just being whatever, and, and John is like, Okay, ladies, you know, that's enough. Let's, you know, like get back to work. And she then looks at me and she goes, she goes, don't you mean lady? And she turns around like this and covers her mouth and goes back here, but can't see. I'm looking at her dead ass in the camera. Like, what the fuck did you just say? Welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, our pub culture roundup, and welcome to Plathville recap for the week. Um, I hope you guys have had a good week. As y'all know, I was like feeling under the weather, so things are still a little bit delayed, but we're chugging along. We're here. We're footloose and fancy free. Um, let's get into it. Oh, before we get into it, y'all check out my Patreon. I feel like I I rarely promote myself, but I'm going to start doing it. So I'm sorry to those of you who are going to roll your eyes and be like, oh, you're going to be like one of those podcasters who just promotes it, but closed mouths don't get fed. So you could check out my Patreon. I upload every week. It's $5 a month, uh, for four episodes a month. And we do good shit back there. Last week I talked about season two of selling the OC with none other than Chai. So check that out. And you can find links to my social media, my Patreon, everything that you need 
in the episode description, there's a link tree right there for your convenience. So let's get on to the episode, shall we? Let's get into something that I am super excited about. Season two of The Traders going out on Peacock. If y'all didn't watch last season, these like competition shows really aren't my jam. They're not my zhuzh. They're not my vibe. However, I got into The Traders and I liked it. So last season, this is a, a UK show that they brought over to Peacock and it was half normies, half reality stars, if you will. And there was... <sighs> There were things that even though I love the show, I was like, oh, these things could be improved. And I think all of us agreed that because there was so much money on the line, having people who like have to go back to their normal jobs as opposed to somebody who's going back to the housewives, having like, you know, a couple hundred thousand or however thousands were at play, it just makes for odd stakes, I think, because there are some people who like really, really need the money and some people who are just like, you know... I'm already getting paid on the back end. So like, I don't really care because I'm already getting my appearance fee, you know, and this is just like another stop in the reality road for me. So season two, they decided to go full reality stars. And I think this is going to make it absolutely incredible. So let's go down the list of people who are going to be on the show, starting with uh, several people I don't know. (laughs) Carson Bergie Bergerson from Love Island. I am not a Love Island girl. I don't know anything, but I did see several people comment Bergie in all caps. So I'm assuming that is a good thing. Next on our list is the man, one of the men who would be like, (sighs) I'm having a moment. Like if there was a Mount Rushmore of men who like, I uh, decided my sexuality. CT from the challenge would would absolutely be up there. He he would. Ooh. What's your Roman Empire? Uh, me thinking about CT carrying what's his face like a backpack during one of those challenges. Just 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 a. Oh, let me not. He's gonna be on it. Obviously, I I'm very excited about it. <laughs> We have Dan Giesling from Big Brother. Again, I don't watch, I don't watch Big Brother. I don't watch um, Love Island. I don't watch uh, Survivor. So a lot of these people have evaded me, but there are people I'm excited about. So Deontay Wilder, who's a boxer, seems kind of like out of left field. All these people are reality TV people, except for him and one other guy. Uh, we have Ekansu from Love Island UK. And here's a little secret. I thought not even kidding this is not a joke up until like a couple months ago that Ekansu was like a an anime character I did not know that this was a white woman imagine my surprise I really had to sit with that one for a few seconds <laughs> uh we have Janelle Pierzina from Big Brother Johnny Bananas from the challenge we have John Burkow kind of like uh Deontay Wilder he's from the UK parliament I looked up one picture of him and he's like Americans, do you guys know that there are just these, like, a few men in British politics who don't, like, part of their look is that they don't, they just, like, do crazy things with their hair, like, they don't seem to comb it, or, or like, maybe they get it wet, and then they go back to sleep, and then, and then they wake up, and that's what it looks like. He's one of those. He's one of those. We'll just keep it to that. Kevin Creeder from Bling Empire, a show that I really wanted to get into and I just couldn't. I'm going to try again. 
maybe over the over the, the holiday season I'll try again. Larsa Pippen and her boyfriend Marcus Jordan. Y'all, I laughed. This might be wishful thinking on my part, but I have a feeling that this might be one of the best casting cho- casting choices in all of reality TV history. Having Larsa Pippen on the traders. Larsa Pippen. Have y'all seen Larsa Pippen on, on Real Housewives of Miami? She can barely uh, manage the truth within her own life. Larsa Pippen, if you guys don't watch the Real Housewives of Miami, has been maintaining for years that her ass is real, but she's never gotten anything done to it. <laughs> Swears down. Now, she's been with Marcus Jordan, Michael Jordan's uh, son, for God, probably like a year at this point. They've been together for a minute. They're very like we do everything together. They have a podcast together. They obviously can't leave each other's side. They think it's very cute. They're like so codependent or whatever. That's like their brand, I guess. I died. Like if Larsa wasn't going to be bad slash incredible enough, having my man, my man, my man by her side is going to be incredible because you know that the producers are going to make one of these people a traitor and one of them a faithful. And I'm putting this on my ofrenda that Larsa is going to be a faithful and I want Marcus to be a traitor because she's just not going to be able to handle that. It's going to be over before it even starts. I am living for this. I'm I'm watching it on the strength of Larsa and Marcus alone. Giggling, giggling. This is going to be so good. Uh, We have Maxim from Dancing with the Stars, the, the hot one. There's two hot ones. He's the hot, hot one. Those the brothers. They can both get it. Hello, Eiffel Tower. But that one? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, ma'am. You could, he can go up there. He can go up there, too, frankly. Uh, Mercedes from Shaz of Sunset. I'm really excited about this. I'm really excited. Uh, uh, what was his name? Oh, Reza. <laughs> Reza was on uh, season one, barely. Barely. I won't spoil it for you, but I'm excited to see MJ because I think that MJ on Shaz of Sunset, terror. Reza, anywhere, terror. Doesn't matter what cameras are in front of him, he's going to be terror. But I have a feeling that this is going to be the MJ songs. Like, I have a feeling that we're going to see, or the public's going to see a side of MJ that they really like, that they think is funny, that they enjoy. When they had Bravo chat house chat room with uh hannah and and portia and whoever i was like they need to get mj on this because i honestly think she's like in the mix she watches the shows she's funny you guys she's actually funny so i'm excited to see mj on my tv and that's my truth uh we have parvati from survivor peppermint from ruhal's drag race i'm very excited about that love peppermint peter weber from the bachelor i think that's pilot pete is that his Christian name? I believe it is. Phaedra. Phaedra from the Real Housewives of Atlanta. One thing about Phaedra is she's going to keep a check from NBC Universal. She will bounce to Atlanta, uh, Dubai, Married to Medicine. Does, I, I'm nervous about Married to Medicine because I love that show. Love that show down. I think it's I know it's one of the best shows on Bravo. That is a f- 
fact. It's actual, it's factual. And those of you who don't watch it, you're missing out on a pillar of Bravo content. It is so good. Every season is so good. Um, I am scared because Phaedra teased, oh, you know, like her man is a doctor and that's why she's going to be on the show. I have a feeling that we're never going to see this man and that's going to piss me off. That's really going to piss me off because I have not seen him in any of the promo shots and any of the events that they've been posting pictures from. Married to Medicine starts, I think, sometime in November. And and it's just really going to piss me off if, we, if she's on Married to Medicine under the premise of having a man that is in medicine, but we never see him. That's really going to piss me off. So don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Rounding out the list, we have Sandra Diaz Twine from Survivor, Sheree from Atlanta, Tammy Joe Waddle, Tamara Judge from Real Housewives of Orange County, and Trishelle Canatella from the Real World Las Vegas. The season that the music died. <laughs> we can all be honest about that. That was the season that everything went downhill for. The real world. Was it a good season? Yes. But it really changed things because then they just started casting people who were like hot and wanted to get together. And that was, you know, not for me. And it showed. It showed in the ratings. But anyway, y'all, I'm super excited. I am. I'm ready. I'm ready. And you know what? I had a thought. Why isn't Sheena doing any of these spinoffs? Certainly she's been asked, right? Because now we've got Ariana over Dancing with Stars. Uh, her ex-boyfriend with special forces Schwartz was pretending to be in Mars sure it, Jax is that house of villains show certainly somebody's asked Sheena to be on one of these shows she's got to have turned him down right she needs to be on one of these shows maybe she's holding out for next season of Dancing with the Stars uh, that that I think would be smart um but Let's go on to some more news, you guys. Our girl of the week is going to none other than Emma Roberts. So Angelica Ross, she is a trans woman actor. She was on Pose. She's been in the Ryan Murphy universe with American Horror Story. She filmed, uh, I believe, the 1984, the 80s spinoff of American Horror, season of American Horror Story with Emma Roberts. So she went on Instagram Live last week and talked about an instance where Emma was being quite transphobic to her. They were on the set and they were like talking to somebody and it was like her, Emma, and somebody else. And they were like getting ready for a scene or something of that nature. And, uh... The person, the third person says like, okay, ladies, like, let's get ready or something like that. And, uh, the director, it was the director that said like, okay, ladies, like whatever. And Emma looks at the director and says, don't you mean lady? Like as if Angelica is not a woman. So Angelica did a, after this video went viral, Angelica did an interview with the Hollywood reporter to really explain what happened she had a conversation with Emma about this and let's get into it. So she says that after that story went out, Emma called her to like try to hash things out. And that Emma, Emma told her, Emma told Angelica, I was really just referring to myself. And Angelica says that she told her, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. So Angelica says her side of the story is that they were supposed to do aging makeup for a scene. Emma didn't want to be aged that much. 
And so she like tried to fight it, right? So Angelica found out about this through the makeup department. Emma gets a set and Angelica's like being a little bit shady, right? She says, oh, you look rested, like blah, blah, blah. Some comment about her makeup, right? So Emma goes to John, the director. He says, she says, Angelica's being mean. And he's like, okay, ladies. And she goes, oh, don't you mean lady? She also says that when Ryan Murphy would not be on set, basically Emma would be like the oldest kid on at home so she would be tasked with being like the the boss right while while ryan wasn't there and that she would use that to be a belittling of other people including the director and that one point she'd be like oh what are you gonna do about it cry you gonna cry john when john's not getting his way (laughs) then she says that in terms of the conversation that emma called her to talk about that it was bumpy and she says that Roberts claimed to be an ally at some point during that conversation. And she tells Angelica, like, I'm an ally and I've seen the great advocacy work that you've done. And Angelica said, oh, do you see me? You see me talking about the anti-blackness? Are you using your platform to amplify the work that I'm doing? No, you haven't. So what kind of ally are you? And the Emma was like, well, okay, there's more to be said there. I would love to support the causes that you support. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. One thing about me is, like, I'm never going to call myself an ally. But, like, hear me out here. I don't feel like that is a distinction that I, as a straight person, get to design or designate myself. I don't feel like that's something that I can say. Unless you're in a situation where you're feeling unsafe and I'm like, hey, I'm an ally so that you know that I'm cool. That's about the only time you're going to hear it out of me. Like, I, the idea of me looking... (laughs) at anybody in the lgbt uh community and saying i'm an ally as like a way to get out of something like i'm not y'all are gonna catch me slipping it's just like if a, if a white person were to say to me like i'm anti-racist i would be like no you're working towards anti-racism you know <laughs> i'm working towards being an ally i try to live my life in a way of allyship but i just don't feel i've never felt like that is something that i could call myself it just doesn't seem like my place to give myself that designation i hope that makes sense so angelica ross goes on to say that in terms of ryan murphy there's several issues that have been going on between them she also says that she's not worked with him since 2020 she thought that this was going to be like a guaranteed thing that he was like he had taken her under his wing and that that was not the case that there was a situation with a crew member who angelica says is racist because they were wearing shirts that were like oh build that wall i don't kneel stuff like that angelica felt like the producers weren't really doing anything to handle the situation and that they tried to silence her when she spoke out and that Ryan cursed her out when he was trying to like professing to be her champion. And she basically says like, it was just like a weird situation. She had seen this guy. She felt like they did nothing. So she tweeted about how there was like no allyship happening um, within the cast or on the set or whatever. And that she like gets a call from production, Ryan, directors. And they're like, hey, take that tweet down. Take that tweet down. And basically she was like, no, like she felt like it was the last resort. 
And they felt like she had done that without going to them, basically. Um, and that she was just like handling things in an unprofessional manner. Like you could have handled this in-house before going public with it on Twitter, basically. Um, but then she says that she feels like the real reason why Ryan Murphy doesn't fuck with her is because Janet Mock, who was one of the heads of Pose, during season three of the Pose premiere, is like an infamous speech that Janet gave where she was like, fuck Hollywood. Um, she had admitted to cheating on her boyfriend, who was a cast member at the time, and like how he had stayed with her. And it was just a very odd speech. And I feel like we haven't really heard much from Janet Mock since then. Angelica says that because she never really disowned Janet, her co her pose uh not cast me because Janet wasn't on it, but like, you know, her coworker. Uh that because Angelica didn't do that, because she had said some shit about Ryan Murphy, that that was like, oh, Ryan kind of drew a line in the sand and was like, oh, well, you, if you're not with me, then you're against me, right? And that's, she only found out that she wasn't going to be doing the next season of American Horror Story when she called and they're like, oh, we don't have a contract for you. I don't think you're on this season. And there were also things where I guess he had made her wait because she wanted to do a Marvel project. And he was like, no, I've got a project for you. So don't do it. So she basically like fucked up her own bag waiting for him only to find out that he had kind of left her high and dry. And in a somewhat shocking twist, Angelica announced that she is basically leaving Hollywood, leaving acting behind, moving to Georgia and going to be working on getting into politics. So I guess we'll see more on that later. <sighs> you guys, Joe and Sophie's situation has gotten worse and worse. There is now an international custody case going on between them in which Sophie is claiming that Joe is holding their two daughters hostage. They had a conversation. They were living in Miami as a family uh, and had talked about eventually like selling that house. They did sell the house in Miami and were going to relocate permanently, move their daughters to the English countryside. That is what Sophie's claiming. That had been the plan all along until like this divorce happened. And she says that the divorce came quickly. Like she didn't have any notice. They got into a fight and then it was over from her perspective. And that basically, uh, he was withholding passports, said as much through his lawyers, and was, like, refusing to hand over the girls. Joe responds and says, that's basically all a lie. Not doing it. We got to figure it out. So, basically, they're in a... Until everything can get figured out, the girls are going to have to stay in the country. It's very unfortunate. Um, and it just seems very messy. Just, like, really messy and gross. Oh my God. We haven't talked about Shannon. I feel like you guys have heard too much about Shannon Bedore at this point, but <laughs> Shanny, Shannon, Shannon playing baby driver in, in Orange County, drunk, like make no mistake, dumb, stupid, don't do that shit. You got too much money to be not using a rideshare service in the year of our Lord 2023, especially when you have money. This, I mean, this is beyond irresponsible. This is like, Shannon is incredibly lucky that nothing worse happened. Like, 
See, incredibly lucky. I don't know if you guys have seen the like turns that were happening at that she made that had her uh smash into that house. Like it's bad, y'all. <sighs> but you guys know that I'm a bad person, so I'm just gonna say this really quickly. Like the idea that Shannon was with Archie in that car and she parked the car after hitting a house, parked the car and then tried to pretend like she was walking Archie and tried to convince the cops that that's what she was doing this whole time and she wasn't just like drunk as a skunk and hit into a house like I just that's all I did just and I had to move on but I I I did it hit me it hit me well we're gonna move on because what she did was awful objectively objectively awful and i'm glad she's safe and i hope she gets help like it's been very clear over the seasons that like she's got an unhealthy relationship to drinking that's why she never remembers when she'd be talking about john jansen to everybody and then she's like uh i it's fine i just have relationship i just have conversation with john that crippled me but other than that her relationship's totally fine and i never said anything to any of you guys and they're like yeah you did Two weeks ago, you came out of the quiet woman and started letting the chopper spray about how John uh, makes you pay for everything and how he just wants to be on TV and that's why he's with you. So I really hope she gets help. I mean, she was spotted with John after all of this. So I hope she's fine. I really do. And with that, you guys, I had one more story about Bethany, but I'm not gonna... I don't... (laughs) I want us to have a good week. You know, I want us to start off strong. And not be strong. Okay. <laughs> so we'll move on. With that, you guys, let's listen to uh Welcome to Plathville. All right, y'all. Before we get into the last episode of Plathville, I think we need to talk about Olivia's TikTok. She went on and went into detail about what exactly happened with Ethan, Kim, Barry, the money, all of that. So I'm just going to play it now before we get into the episode and... This makes me nervous as hell, and I still think that I should do it. So, last year in an interview, I was asked why I did not want a relationship with a certain person. And at the time, I was flabbergasted because there were several people in my life who were pestering me for an answer as to why I didn't want a relationship with this person, and I couldn't understand because one, so many behavioral scenarios had played out for the whole world to see for the past few years on reality TV. And two, the people, the young adults hounding me for this answer had also at one time chosen to not have a relationship with this person. So they knew some of the things going on. Still in this state of being flabbergasted, I realized that there are probably hundreds, literally, of stories I've held close to the chest and never shared because they seemed so explosive. And during this interview, I thought, you know what? The dysfunction has been shown to the world for years. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I, I've, I've held back and I guess I should share some of the backstory to this dysfunction. So out of all of my stories, I'll pick one. I'll share one story. And <laughs> kind of backfired on me, I guess. Um, but I'm a firm believer in people having agency and autonomy over their own lives to talk about what happened to them. And there's a quote, I think it's by Anne Lamont, that says, if people wanted you to talk more warmly about them, they should have treated you better. And I stand by that 100%. So I don't regret telling the story, but what happened is, one, I told the story rather quickly. I didn't think you would honestly be included because it was so explosive. It was included and was also shortened um, because of editing and you know episode time. So some of the details were left out um, and there were some holes in the story or some gaps and people started, viewers and watchers started formulating and making their own theories and I've seen that all across my socials and the web so I figured it's just I will just clarify um I will fill in some of the details for you guys and hopefully that will clear some things up so I got married when I was 20 and that is when the blow up about this story took place but the backstory to that is when Ethan was about 16 17 his mom signed him up to be on her downline for an MLM company she was a part of called Young Living. And at this time in Ethan's life, he was not allowed on a computer, was not allowed to have any passwords. So that sets the tone for this story. Um, second, he was not allowed to buy like toothpaste, deodorant, shaving cream from a drugstore or grocery store. He had to purchase these organic products from this specific company. I have my own thoughts about that that I'll leave out of this discussion because it's not about that but because he wasn't allowed on a computer his mom set his account on auto ship so every single month he got a box of all his hygiene products and his credit card was saved on file so that it could just be charged and he would get it each month in an MLM company um, how some like how it works is whoever's on your downline the more sales that they make on their account or not the more sales the more purchases that they make on their account the higher it bumps you up and so Within a few months of his mom opening this account for Ethan, she wasn't making the money she wanted to make with the MLM. So she started going on his account that he had no access to and making these really large purchases to bump her up. So then she would get paid more, she would get more bonuses. And she made a business arrangement with her son that whatever the order was that she placed, she would pay him back half of that. In her reasoning, she told him, she was like, you know what? It, we're all being helped out here, right? Like I'm being bumped higher, that helps me out. Um, I'm placing these really large purchases for you and you're getting like bonus points that you can redeem for free products. So it's helping you out. We'll get back to that, keep that in mind. Um, and so they had this business arrangement. She would make a couple hundred dollar large purchases on his account each month and then would give him back half of that in cash and convinced him that it was all fine. It was all working out, everything was great. Fast forward to Ethan and I getting married, and within a week of getting married, (laughs) 
my relationship with my in-laws shit hit the fan there are so many reasons why we're going to talk about this one story so within a week of getting married his auto ship was set to renew and he was going to get a box and i asked him at that time do you still want this this is like 70 dollars for hygiene products and he was like absolutely not i can i'm married and i can make my own decisions now and i'm gonna buy that stuff at the drugstore you can cancel this I asked him for the password he didn't know it kind of a red flag i called his mom she gave me the password i logged in and i saw all of these really large purchases on his account each month for things like makeup and protein drinks and i knew that he wasn't keeping any of that product i knew he wasn't using it so i asked him about it and he explained this business deal to which I said, um, so you're you're paying like anywhere from $100 to $300 a month that you're not being reimbursed for and you're not keeping the product either because that seems like stealing. And um, his, a light bulb went off for him. So I changed the password in his account so his mom couldn't get on and make her order. And within an hour of changing the password, I get a phone call from her saying, um, I need the password. And I said, sorry, no, this is Ethan's account, um, not yours. And she said, meet me at my house in town in 15 minutes to talk this over. I get there, her and her husband are both there. They spent 30 minutes trying to bully me into giving them the password, telling me I was standing in the way of them parenting their children and, and helping their kids out. The joke is, when I was on his account, before I changed the password, I saw that all of those free points that he'd accumulated for the large product, like the large order she made, he never got to use them. She redeemed them all for free products. So... The business deal was even more shady than I thought. Um, he, he was being stolen from. Um, anyways, that happened within a week of getting married. Didn't give her the password that day in the house when they were trying to get me to do that. I also explained that this was explicitly against Young Living Guidelines. You're not allowed to have financial investment in more than one account. And that I could report her for that. To which point she blew up in my face, yelled at me, stormed out of the house. The follow-up to that is... Ethan and I sat down, we went over his account, and we added up all the orders that he had paid for on his credit card that he had never been reimbursed for. And I created an invoice, and it had an order number and an item number for everything, it had proof for everything. And Ethan and I sent this invoice to his mom and gave her 45 days to pay. I think it came out to like 990 some dollars. And <laughs> instead of paying this invoice for, thing for the money she owed her son, um, they started going around the small town we lived in telling everyone that I was suing them for trying to help their kids out. Ironically enough, this happened in between filming season one and season two. And while the ball, they were trying to get the ball rolling on season two, Ethan's mom was you know, throwing a fit saying that she couldn't move on and film season two until I backed down and, and stopped suing her. So I got a call from some executives saying, Olivia, we have always been able to count on you being the bigger person and we really need you to do that now. Like, we really need you to just let this go so we can all move on, we can all be filming again, it's fine. I was not about to be bullied into that, so I said, absolutely not. Stood my ground. Um, and after like 40, 44 days of this talk around town and everyone in the town being privy to the fact that I was suing them, Ethan's parents called him up and said, we'll pay you, but you have to come to our house to get your check. And when Ethan showed up, his dad handed him the check for the full amount and looked him dead in the eye and said, have a nice life living in bondage. That's the story. <laughs> I forgot to add that when I sent this invoice, I also printed out and included a copy of Young Living's guidelines, which clearly states that 
it is against company policy for one individual to have financial investment in more than one account. Which is why this story has never been brought up as something that I did against someone because Ethan's parents knew that they couldn't, they couldn't win, right? That's why she blew up and yelled at me in the house that day and stomped out. What was happening was illegal according to Young Living guidelines. And when I brought up that I knew that, there was no other recourse other than to let it go. Um, which is also why they have no comment on what happened because there's no way out of it. Anyways, ugh, I'm, I feel like throwing up now. <sighs> there are so many stories like that that I have. And um, all I can say is I'm really grateful to be removed from that environment and not have anything to do with all that anymore. But those are the details I wanted to clear up um, so that people aren't theorizing on their own yeah, I feel like I have something else to say, but I can't think what it is. So if I think of it, I'll make a follow-up video. I don't know. I'm going to go de-stress. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Hope you guys have a great day. Well, is anybody shocked by that? Anybody at all? I don't think so. I feel like that was the story that I assumed happened the whole time. And now to just hear confirmation is all I need to no um i'm team ethan and olivia on this one sorry sorry let's talk about the latest episode shall we micah comes over to kim's uh bachelorette pad i guess and they start talking about life and like how kim is feeling as a single woman right it's a big adjustment it's nice but it's different well, Micah says that his relationship with his mom has changed since he moved out because as like a 17, 18 year old, he would get really annoyed with her being on his back. But now they're able to be more like friends. And I don't really think Kim wants to be parenting anymore, frankly. But you know what? Silver linings. We take them where we can get them. So Micah asks Kim how the divorce is going. And she's like, uh, well, I just don't really know where the road leads. And then she says that sometimes she cries because there's all these uncertainties and she's just trying to hold on to what she's got while the world spins around her. It's like, well, you can stay out of the dance studio and just try to figure it out. Maybe that's, maybe that's what's happening. All the spinning people just spinning around you. <laughs> maybe you have, um, what do they call it? Uh, vertigo. Maybe that's, maybe that's what's making you dizzy. Anyway, Micah tells her, I always thought you and dad were perfect. And Kim's like, yeah, well, you know, some of that is just parents not trying to burden their young kids with their problems. And so Micah says in a confessional, that he's like kind of confused. And his question to them, or really to Kim, would be like, did you guys really try? Because it sort of feels to him like as soon as Kim realized her feelings, she was out. She started feeling bad and was like, I'm cutting my losses, right? But Kim tells him, like, I tried to do anything but divorce your father until I realized that I was going to be in a place where I was married to him forever, unhappily, or I could leave and figure it out. Micah doesn't say anything in the moment. He just kind of sits there. But then he says in a confessional, so all those years that you and dad were getting along and seemingly great, that was a lie? Like, that's kind of hard to hear. And I'm like of two minds about this like yes you're an adult and there's certainly more that your parents could be transparent and honest with you about however like I don't far be it for me for being on Kim's side I I see what she means like she's not gonna tell you 
a teenage or, you know, adolescent aged kids that she's having problems with her daddy. And so, yeah, like maybe there were probably times where she put on, you know, another line of eyeliner underneath her eye and just grinned and bared it. But that doesn't necessarily mean like, I mean, maybe it does mean it was fake, but it doesn't, I don't condemn either of them for keeping nice around their kids. Like that's what we want, right? If you can't get along, then at least keep the children out of it. But then Kim says that there are family friends who actually think she's horrible for walking out on this marriage. And those people are basically all conservative Christians without much grace and how now she can see the need for more love and acceptance amongst Christians. And it's like, girl, how many claps am I going to give you for realizing at your big age, through the lens of your own experience, that uh, people can be a little bit uh, judgmental of you in these right-wing circles that you have been pretty happy in before until something happened to you? Like a tenth of a clap? Can I just like put my hands close but not actually clap? Because that's what I want to do. Oh, boy. Kim says in a confessional that the community that she and Barry... Now, we have to remind ourselves, chose to be in. This was not something that either of them were born in. I believe Barry may have been more religious when they got together, but still, this these were like active decisions that they made as a family, right? That community was like pretty strict, more so than your conventional Christian. And she had to take that into account and figured she was doing the right thing by divorcing Barry. So she just figures, like, just because you blast somebody because you think that they're not living right, it's not a Christian thing to do. It's like, yeah, well, th- thank you for joining us. Thank, thank you for that. <sighs> it's very frustrating, but we'll move on. Kim talks about wanting to be with somebody with a deep connection. Micah's like, eh, I don't really want to think about that. Like, but have you ever thought about dad dating? How would you feel? And she's like, you know, that's honestly how I knew that this was the right decision. Cause I was thinking like, oh, it would be really nice if he found somebody. And Micah just goes, damn, <laughs> damn. <laughs> so Micah then tells us like, I guess a part of me doesn't want to admit it, but I'm still bitter about the divorce. And like, are you guys selfish? Do you actually really need this? And I just have a bunch of questions that I don't want my mom to feel uncomfortable answering, but I would love to know. And then Kim tells Micah that she hopes that once he's in a relationship that he won't settle for less and be in a situation that he can't get out of. And then she asked him what his type was and he just said hot. He just said hot, hot over and over. And then he said, no, I, I'm just being funny. I'm just kidding. But I'm not. I, I, she does need to be hot. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods, for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. God bless. Back in Tampa, Lydia Grace is still visiting Olivia and Nathan. They're going through their old fundamentalist fashions from their Christian days. The long jean tops, the bedazzled tops, long skirts, you know, all the hits, right? Olivia says, in terms of her relationship with religion, she would not call herself a Christian anymore because she doesn't think that organized religion is for her, which is why she's wearing that uh, 420 shirt. <laughs> 420 might be the the only organized uh the religious holiday that that olivia is practicing at this point but anyway um and god bless her for i mean onward and upward girl nathan comes in the brother and they're like oh let's put makeup on you honestly they give him a pretty cute light beat like it was giving a little bit euphoria with the purple eyeshadow in daytime but nathan served a bit like he was given ankles face he was staring in that camera nathan's freewheeling okay he's also left the family farm so to speak and he's like if it feels good i'm doing it that's it <laughs> that's it baby then olivia talks about how like she just doesn't like to be away from ethan for so long because they're in their two-month break before they go off to minnesota but they're in a good place they're both on the same page about staying away from his family and the drama, and also not confiding in the siblings and working things out between themselves. Now, seems a little hypocritical that you're telling your siblings this, but she was speaking more in generalities and not like, I think she meant like intimately involving them and stuff like she did with Micah and Mariah, right? Which Ethan mentions later. So Olivia says in a confessional that we talked about the music stuff, right? How Mariah tried to access her music the way she told it she tried to access her music couldn't do it realized that Olivia was behind it and that she was like stealing all her money and not giving her access to her tracks and so she tried and tried this is my recollection of Mariah telling the story that she tried to reach out to Olivia and possibly even Ethan about this and then as a last resort she wrote this like legal letter to them and Olivia took down the music immediately and also sent her a, hey, why don't you delete all the pictures that I took of you on social media because I'm a professional photographer, so you take the, those free shots unless you want to pay for them. So basically, Olivia tells her side of the story, and she says that when Mariah first wanted to release music, she had no idea how, how to upload it, not even how to hit publish. So last season, or however many seasons when we went to LA they were releasing her song on the beach she had Mariah had Olivia come to LA to help her with it so Olivia says she did all the work under her name and when they stopped being friends Olivia or Lydia Mariah excuse me realized that she could not access that music and that Olivia's credit card was on file for all the accounts. So Olivia got this email claiming that she stole music from Mariah and also the money she made. And if she wasn't given that back, that she would take her to court. So Olivia says that she was so shocked that it took her a few days to process that. 
And then Olivia says, at that point, she downloaded all the financial reports proving that any money that was made, and I can't imagine it was much. Have you heard the music? Well, that's neither here nor there. But any money that she made went right into Mariah's bank account and all those files. And then Olivia goes, don't play with me. I own a business and I'm not going to take anyone's shit. I've got receipts on everything. (laughs) And I believe that. I believe one thing about Olivia, she's going to draw up a spreadsheet. Absolutely. And on this situation, I'm going to have to give it up to Olivia too, even though a lot of my blame is going to go towards Kim because if Kim had taught her kids valuable life lessons to go out in the big world, then maybe Mariah would have figured out before a year plus down the line that she didn't have control over her stuff. Like, that's stuff that she should know. She should not have realized that until, like, after she and Olivia stopped being friends. That should have been a conversation had a long time ago. But again, I think this is just Mariah living in the world and being very naive <laughs> to what's going on here. But I, I also believe that Olivia did not take money from her. And also, on top of that, I don't really think there probably was money to make. Because again, have you heard that music? Anyway, let's move on. So Lydia Grace asks Olivia and Nathan, since y'all were living with them, where would you say your relationship is now? Basically, this is mostly a question to Nathan. And Nathan, you know, God bless him. He's a gentle giant. He is very tall and very soft-spoken. It's a combination (laughs) that I don't really love. (laughs) It's just like, speak up, you know, but he's a lovely boy. But Nathan says that, Micah and Mariah have basically chosen to cut them out in the worst way ever. And then he says in a confessional that over the summer, when Ethan and Olivia were out gallivanting around Europe, playing the sound of music with each other, Micah would come and stay because Mariah would invite him over to the house like almost every couple of weeks. And how hard that was because he then became an easy target and he still really heard about it. And I really wish that I would, that he would have expanded on that. Like, what did you hear? What hurt you? Was it just like them sitting around spinning, talking shit about your sister? And then also like being mean to him because of it? Because that's kind of what it sounds like. So Lydia's like, okay, well, now that they've moved out, do you feel any better? It's over. And he's like, honestly, I thought I would feel better. But it just kind of feels like I went through a lot to keep those people happy. And then they just threw it back right on me. So Lydia says back in the day, she's... Like, their families, their family, the Platt family were super close. They had, you know, the kids with the similar names and how that was cute. And they were both, you know, Christian conservatives. And that was lovely. And she just wishes that they could all get back together and reconcile one day. I don't know. I'm using the accent. (laughs) But then they try to teach Nathan how to twerk. And he mostly just hunches and kind of moves like an inchworm. That was really the end of the uh, scene for them. Mariah, her big storyline, I guess, is taking ballroom dances with some guy named Max. Not the one you're thinking of. It's just some guy from Ukraine who could barely speak English, but they, they're connected through the love of dance or whatever. Mariah says that she's searching for basically all the ways that she can find herself and work on being who God intended her to be, which is why she's getting baptized. And then she says in terms of Ethan, they just need time and space to cool down. Little girl lost... Was that, was that the name of Drew Barrymore's book? That that should be the name of Mariah's book, Little Girl Lost, because 
she is, I mean, she's definitely trying to find herself and there's nothing wrong with that. I applaud people who want to find their identity and figure out who the hell they are. But I also feel like it's very obvious that Mariah's making a lot of decisions based on the fact that she's not really rooted to much. And my concern with this baptism is that she seems to think that I'm just going to go down in the creek and everything is going to be fixed and my life is going to be totally different. And I think that is wishful thinking. And it's great to try to find something to fix that. But there's also work that's going to have to be done. It's not like, you know, you know what I mean? Moving over to some, whatever the hell this was. Micah, Barry, and Isaac have a boys' night out going bowling, right? Barry is so corny. I told y'all, Barry's been looking at forums of, like, gym bros and stuff to find little quotes and sayings to say in his confessionals. And now he seems to have, like, found himself into, like, the men's fashion forum or something. Because he notices that Micah's wearing a gold chain. And he goes, oh. I really like your drip, Micah. <laughs> Micah's like, cool. I, I didn't know that you would have even known what that was. And then he sits in his own confessional chair, uh, revealing he's got his own drip. <laughs> he said, I'm, I work for the scene. And if I would have to describe drip, I would say it was a, a flashy accessory. <laughs> if, we would, if, we, if I'm going to have to watch scenes of Barry... Can we balance it with him going to the jewelry store to inquire about some drip, please? Sir? Ma'am? Do you have drip? <laughs> one one necklace drip, please. <laughs> he is so excited to bro down with his sons. Like, he can't even... Oh, he can't even deal with it. He's like, this is so great. We don't talk about our emotions. They just, like, want to hang out with me and include me. Like, he's really, like... His inner child is he being healed by hanging out with Micah. You could tell. <laughs> All the bros that didn't want to hang out with him now. He's got the muscle. He's got the drip around his neck. And he's he's one of the boys. He, you can really tell he's loving this. Loving this. So they're all going bowling, right? And you think that they're like, I don't know, whatever you might think their game might be. Sit down for a second. Because I was shocked. So Barry says that there's an add-on to their bowling. So these, uh, you know, workers, employees come out with trays and trays of hot dogs. Dozens of hot dogs, as, it finds, as we come to find out. And then we get some what I'm going to call plath math, plath logic, because we find out that the reason why these hot dogs are being carted out is because none of them bowled a perfect 300 during bowling, right? So... They have to make up the difference in hot dogs. Every hot dog comes with 15 points. So if you scored 285 on the during the bowling game, you would only have to eat one to get to 300, right? Now, Micah explains that he and Isaac both have to eat 11 hot dogs to make up to 300. So... 165. So you're telling me that they only got 135 points that whole game. That's like, if you know that you're that bad, <laughs> um, that's not just, that's just not a game that I'm willing to play. Right. So Barry had to eat nine. So I guess he got like a 165, right? Isaac 
is the only one who actually eats all 11 hot dogs. And he's, ugh. Like, ugh. Like, imagine, like, what hot dogs are you getting from the bowling alley? What hot dogs are you getting from a bowling alley in, like, small town Georgia? I can only imagine. And that poor child ate 11 of him. He's probably never going to be the same in his life. <laughs> Isaac does say, you know, once you start, you have to commit and finish truly. Because if not, what's the purpose? But then when he's done, he says he's never going to eat a hot dog again. I'm like, you might not want to. Like, for your own health. <laughs> it might have been one toke over the line for you, sir. So Barry brings up how it would be nice to have Ethan there. And then he says something in a confessional. He says that he knows that there's still tension in the family because of that Instagram post. But he is staying out of it because he's trying to play the long game. And he says, and I quote, I can go a number of weeks or months and Ethan doesn't respond to texts or calls, meaning that he is making the effort of texting and calling and Ethan just isn't responding. I can go a number of weeks or months and Ethan doesn't respond to texts or calls, but he's not going to get rid of me that easily. If you lead with love, it has a staying power no matter what the situation is. And at one point we'll be able to reconnect. Um, Jeopardy thinks Cody Brown would never say about his own children for a thousand, please. I got an answer for you. Girl, the when he said that, I'm like, okay, this is what I've been complaining about Cody for. If y'all don't want Sister Wives, girl, you're only getting half the story. But um, if y'all don't know, Cody Brown has basically been isolating his children, one family, one wife after another. So whichever wife he's mad at, the kids get it too. And then he keeps coming up with all these excuses about how the phone works both ways and the kids could be calling him, but, and how he's just going through too much emotional turmoil to, to communicate with his kids. Now, far be it for me to give one prop, one drip of, of acknowledgement towards Barry in, in the form of a compliment, but that's something that a father would say. A father who cared about his children. I feel like. Anyway. After that, Olivia, Lydia Grace, and Nathan go down to some kava bar in downtown Tampa so Nathan could play acoustic guitar and sing about being broken or whatever. I don't know. Olivia says that she used to go there with Mariah a lot. And it's like kind of bittersweet because, you know, it's sad that they're not friends together. But she also realized that she was being used by Mariah quite a bit. Out of nowhere, Olivia pulls out a fiddle that she got for Lydia Grace to play along with Nathan. She just got it from a pawn shop or something. It was like, go out there, girl, and play with my brother. So she's like, you know what? I do miss Mariah, but like all those memories are really tainted and it's sad. But now that she and Lydia and Nathan are figuring out what their family looks like, they're creating something new and she's actually really excited about that. Then we get to our final scenes where Ethan's driving around Cairo. You know, he's still working on the cars before they move to Minnesota. He says he has run on, run into his dad and Micah a few times in town, but it's basically become clear that they only want a relationship with him. Like, we want to hang out with you without your wife. We want to be friends with you as long as Olivia's not involved, which basically doesn't sit very well with him. And then he says the person that he has the most issue with at this point is Mariah because he felt like they were super close and that both he and Olivia went out of their way to help her only to be stabbed in the back with a switchblade. 
And on top of that, he's still blocked by her. <laughs> and then he says, you know, like, it's just really weird because I was working the other day and I was thinking about me and Mariah and just the whole thing was just really eating at my soul. And with the social media posts, like, it's easy to be angry about it. And I was, and I still am. And I let her know. And, you know, I probably didn't feel too great to hear. But then he says, you know, it takes two to tango. And I'm not blameless from creating the issues we've had. Chief of those would have been venting to Micah and Mariah about my personal issues with Olivia. And what I was frustrated about, he says that before they left to go to Europe, he was feeling some type of way about Olivia. He was telling, venting to Micah and Mariah. They probably formed their own opinions about Olivia because of that. But actually, it just made everything worse, right? And he's like, you know, I'm honestly just looking forward to going to Minnesota, to reconnecting with my grandparents, and the situation with Mariah is just going to have to be what it is for now. Speaking of Mariah, the they're down by the creek, down by the river to pray. The family's there. There's some random people that Barry's just meeting there to see Mariah get baptized. And Mariah says that seeing the parents handle the divorce the way they have has given her a new appreciation and trust for them which is kind of interesting because it seems like Micah at least with regard to Kim seems to feel differently it seems like that conversation they had made him distrust her more we have to give Mariah kadoos today because with that minimal makeup and that hair that had not been singed with a crimp crimping tool she never looked better <laughs> never looked better she didn't have that like those bright you can see just a little bit of her natural root which i think makes it better i you know i feel like in the 80s people would be like oh my god your roots are showing that would be like the worst possible thing like a fate worse than death for women but now i feel like show a little root i like it and i think it looks a little bit more natural to be honest with you but anyway mariah girl just put if we could just just baby steps. Baby steps. You know, like Chanel said, before you leave, you take one thing off. If we could just say, I'm just going to not crimp my hair. Honestly, that did a world of difference for me. A world of difference. I don't care what kind of uh, elastic you put your titties around and, and, and all the little ribbons and bows, whatever. <laughs> just Just don't crimp your hair, please. <laughs> so Mariah gives her speech about how, like, you know, she thought that you had to look or be a certain way to be a Christian. But she realized, this was like a little bit of shade, but, and I giggled. She realized that her relationship with Jesus doesn't have to be like Barry's or Lydia. And they just pan over to Barry and Lydia. They're like wild-eyed look. <laughs> and it just felt like shade. But anyway, she's like, yeah, I don't have to have the relationship like, like Barry and Lydia. Like, it's different. It's unique for me. And it's just between me and Jesus, right? So Barry's going to be baptized. And like I said, Barry is so excited. And you could tell because his eyes were wider than Skeletor's. It's truly, like, somebody needs to talk to him about that. Like, I think he's excited, but it's terrified. He looks like, um... Like an Australian shepherd with the blue eyes, they just stare at you. It, it's kind of like that. Like, oh, please. Just take a breath, please. Can you blink? Can you just blink to know that you're real. 
<laughs> Micah says that he's a little bit surprised about Mariah wanting to get baptized because even as of like a few months ago, she was struggling with her religion. They've both been like, since they left the house, like kind of struggling with what their parents had taught them growing up and just figuring out what religion or not religion meant for him, them. And he's still on that path. But he's like, he's like, I'm happy for her. I'm just like, you know, it's kind of weird. Right. Uh, Lydia, of course, tears in her eyes, sparkling in a way that I have not seen since she was posted up in that prayer closet. Like she is so excited it's beyond thrilling because I know what Mariah is about to experience in there. There's just no words for it. So Mariah says this is putting down her old ways and she's coming back a new person. So she starts crying and then she gets baptized. And Mariah says, when I went up in that, down in that water, something changed inside of me and I could feel it. And again, like, I don't want to yuck her yum. That's great. Like, if you feel better, if you feel like you're struggling and like religion makes you feel better. Awesome. My thing is like, I just... <sighs> I little girl lost little girl lost <laughs> we're just gonna leave it at that with that you guys thank you so much for listening thank you for speaking